Welcome everyone to the first recording that I'm going to be doing this June, which is pretty exciting. We're going to be doing a month of coming out experience story recordings um, and, and queer experiences in general. And that is really lovely. And I only really um, paired it together maybe three weeks ago that it will be um, coinciding with Pride Month. So I'm really excited to be able to share these stories because um, it has shocked me um, since having the podcast how people who are new to exploring this side of yourself really do like how much they do rely on the stories of others and community and I'm sure you can understand that Steph and I know that I had particular people who I would just look to for for understanding and community so I want to introduce Steph she's going to be the first person that we're talking to Steph is going to I'm going to basically give the floor to anyone who I interview in this coming out series so I'll ask a couple of questions here and there, but really what I want to do is is just hand the floor over. So the first thing that I'll start us off with is can you give us a little bit of a, um, a heads up into who you are and then um, can you take us into your story a little bit in terms of your, your exploration and who you've become today? Yeah, thanks, Tessa. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Steph or Stephanie, pronouns are she, her. And I've been out as gay or lesbian for the most part of, I think, like nine years now. So I was 23 mm-hmm. when I came out um, and it wasn't something that I always knew. Um, went with the boys and girls should be together. Um, so in high school, didn't really know anything else. Um, yes, I think the biggest thing that before coming out was I had a situation like U10 that resolved um, related to I was I'm just such a friendly person I'd like to say um, and had a lot of different aged friends um, so there was people in high school that were a bit younger than me and always hung out with and would say hi and like you know made sure they felt comfortable and a rumor circulated that um, I was a bit too friendly with uh, one of the other girls and so rumor went around school that I was gay um, mm-hmm. and at that stage it was like taboo like no one says that word no one's gay like how dare you um and so I think that really maybe made me suppress any feelings that I might have had or um ideas about being gay because Mm -hmm. I had this experience in year 10 and that's such a prime age I was like 16 almost 17 you know maturing and trying to figure out who I was and I've had already someone kind of call me out almost before I even knew it myself um so yeah that really shut me down and no one really knew about that um so like I used to see friends like just hold hands and walk around the shops you know as you do and hang out and I was too scared to do that in case someone you know said something about me and then I had to protect myself in a way so um yeah for the most part of being 18 clubbing it was straight clubbing um as they call it and it wasn't until um I hung out with a few people from soccer um, so some soccer teams, they went out to a girls only nightclub. Some of you might know it was back in at Fabric. It was called So Juicy in the city. Um, <laughs> so old school. Um, and it was a girls only night and it was just like rocked my world. But the funniest thing was I used to go on Fridays, which was your st- standard night. I don't know what they call it. Um, and so the bouncer was like, weren't you here last night? <laughs> yes. 
Uh, yeah, I'm just figuring it out. I'm here both yeah. nights. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was pretty fun to um yeah, kind of best of both worlds. And I just realized I was just so comfortable with other women, um, not feeling like I need to look over my shoulder or um, you know, it wasn't it was just natural. It was just girls having a dance, having fun, having some drinks and just being yourself. And it was that that I really like kind of fell in love with that idea and mm. that I could be comfortable with the girl and just be natural rather than trying to force um, a relationship with a boy, which I never had. Um, hooked up a couple of times with men. Um, yeah. And it was just not a thing. And maybe that's why I never had a boyfriend. <laughs> you kind of look back and like, maybe that's why it just didn't happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like hmm, penny drops later. Um, but yeah, so it was a few years until um, I realized, and I think, I might have started going uh, queer clubbing at 22. Um, mm-hmm. So it was that year of discovery um, until I turned 23 when I'd come out. Um, so it was mid, what's that, 2014, I think. We'll we'll do some years. Mm-hmm. So mid-2014, I had a group of friends um, who were, you know, diverse, uh, d- dressed differently to me. I presented quite femme um, mm-hmm. and had friends that, you know, just were themselves. And my parents picked up on that and were just were like, they're not the usual people you hang out with. Um, you know, I changed, it was actually, I changed my Facebook cover to my friends and I, you know how you do that back on Facebook, you change yeah, yeah, your yeah. Whole picture with your new friends and your Facebook cover and <laughs> everyone gives you a like and um, yeah. mums come bursting into my room saying, are you gay? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And she goes, oh, you changed your Facebook cover and, you know, this girl, like, who is it? You've been hanging out with them a lot. Like, are you gay? I said, no, I don't think so. Um, I might be bi because I didn't want to say yes because that will be held against me later. So, like, bi, not sure um, why kind of thing. Um, And I had said, I can't remember if it was something about, I made a comment about being gay. I said, I know it's not okay or something. Um, cause you've spoke, I've heard conversations by mum with my auntie saying like, if my kids are gay, I don't accept it, you know, not happening. And I said, I said that to my mum and I called her out. She goes, yeah, well, yeah, no, it's not okay. Like I wouldn't accept it and kind of left. So that was just a bit like, you know, testing the waters almost to know, mm. okay. So like my mum wasn't really a fan of it, had an inkling and just wasn't, yeah, wasn't too happy. Yes. Um, and I lived at home still at that stage. And, yeah, I just carried on, like, 22, lived at home, so I still had to respect my parents. And, you know, they always knew when I was out, going to the city, going out with some friends, be back home at, like, 3 a.m., um, would drive mostly. So I was respectable, respecting them in that regard, but still kind of did my thing to figure out who I was. Mm. Um, and it was that year that I'd met my first girlfriend um, and – that was new because I didn't know any anything to do with that. Um, and in that relationship, I did have them over at my house um, and told my mum, it's a friend. Hey, mum, my friend's coming around. Hey, this is my friend. My friend's not well. Can she stay? <laughs> <laughs> Those kind of things. Um, and I do say before that there were other friends that stayed. But, um, yeah, I think my parents caught on but never said anything because – Steph has lots of friends. Yeah, lots of female friends coming over all the time all of a sudden after being, like, very solo. (laughs) Um, 
So I guess they might have had an inkling, but it would have been more awkward for them to confront me because it would um there, there would be a truth that they had to face. Yeah. So maybe it was better to just like let it go and you know not identify mm-hmm. it because then they have to mm-hmm. deal with it. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I had my first girlfriend and made a promise to myself, and this isn't for everyone. Um, you know, it was just for me, and I said if I was to meet someone, be with them, I wanted to be my true self and I wanted to be out. Um, and again, that's not for everyone. Um, and whatever decision you make is for you. It's what yeah, you choose. Um, but for mm-hmm. me was, I, I wanted to come out and I didn't want to lie with someone I was with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd come, I went away for a bit and I'd come home and I guess a bit of background was at this time, my parents were um, having big fights um weren't happy mum had I have a younger sister and mum had asked uh, me to leave with her and kind of set up life with them so when I'd come out um you know shit at home excuse my language was a bit rough um Mm. but I had to choose me in that moment Mm. so it was the 29th of December 2014 um I'd come home and mum was out in the backyard and I said mum I need to talk to you and you know, um, and she goes, Yeah, what's up? And I said, I think I'm gay. And her response was, I know. I said, Oh, okay, well, I have a girlfriend. And she's like, What? And I was like, completely off my panicking, sweating, heart racing. She says, What do you mean? Is that the girl that was here? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and then she put two and two together. I was so nice to let her stay, can't believe it's her. Um, you know, what do you mean? And I said, but I'm a good kid, like got a double degree. And again, everything I say isn't mean, you know, don't size yourself up to my, my myself and my achievements. No, but I said, no I'm um, hearing every, yeah. every experience is yeah. so different and so valid. Yeah. And I yeah. said, you know, I've got a double degree. I'm a good kid. I don't do drugs. You know where I am all the time. And she said, you're not a good kid. You're gay. Mm. And I was like, right. Um, and she said, go inside and tell your dad what you just told me. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Like, no. Um, so we went inside and, um, yeah, sorry, just before that it was, um, I was crying when I was about to tell her and mom said, it's okay. Your dad and I will figure it out. And I said, no, it's not about you. <laughs> you know, and that's, and then I came out about me. Yeah. Um, we'd gone inside and my mom had said to my dad, um Steph needs to tell you something Steph tell him what you just told me outside and I said no not doing it um dad kind of got up from the couch stood in the kitchen and was just looking down and mum had said oh Steph just told me she's gay tell her you don't accept it and dad couldn't even make eye contact with me and said I don't accept it and that was it um I said to them like shakily well whatever you decide is that's your decision like if you want to cut ties and be done with me that's your choice but no I'm not coming back um if you don't want me to live here anymore that's your choice I'm not coming back um and mum had asked me to leave the house um and not come back so I had said it's almost New Year's I have New Year's plans um so can I leave when I come back because I was leaving the next day and so I had to go do that um but the weird thing was I went to bed that night and I was still in the house so I hadn't left yet um no one was talking to me and my dad texted me I love you I'm going to bed so I think for him was he does and he does love me but he had to make a choice between my mum 
who he's been fighting with and me as an adult who could manage. Um, so from there it was I left home and I ended up couch surfing um, and it wasn't until this year I work in housing at the moment in the homeless sector and I realised I was once homeless because couch surfing is identified as homeless. Um, so I did that for one month as a 23-year-old um, but I still had a lot of support from friends and other family, surprisingly. Like mum had messaged all her auntie, all her sisters, Steph's gay, blah, blah, blah. Everyone messaged me messages of support. It was just pretty much my parents that weren't supportive at that time. Mm. Um, and I think mum and I didn't speak for like three months for that. And dad and I would communicate by email. <laughs> come get your stuff. Um, come here when mum's not around. Um yeah, and it was really tough. And I said to them, you know how many people um, don't take this pathway of moving on? Like, they're, um, you know, people don't continue on to with their life um, after being kicked out or coming out. And I said, I try to bring that figure to their mind and say, you know, you need to be mindful about how you're speaking to me. Mm. Um, and I'm very grateful that I haven't had um, feelings like that, but I was just supported. But I just wanted them to know, like, that decision can change people's lives because they're not accepting. Of course. Um, but I was very grateful for work at that time. Like I had a lot of work colleagues uh, that were really supportive, reached out to me. And I think it was work and soccer and like my friends that really kind of kept me going that I had a meaning to continue. Mm. Um, and life went on. Like I had to continue to work and it was, yeah, I heard from a lot of people that, why did you tell your mum at New Year's? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean at you know, it wasn't the right time uh, to tell them. I was like, it's not about them, though. When was the right time? Totally. You know, Christmas, someone's birthday, a happy day, a sad day. Like, you know, there was never a right time. It was for me. I had to do it for me. And I don't regret the timing of it at all no. or that I did it. No. Yeah. So that was the, the coming out. Wow. Mm. Brave woman. Thank you. Yeah. Very brave woman and like you said, every story is so different, but um, I can only imagine, oh, it makes me emotional, I can only imagine how much someone else might need to hear that, that you can choose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Can I Can I ask? Um, yeah, open book. I talk to, like, work people about this. I've spoken to, like, youth groups. Like, we have a youth group at my work and I, you know, let them know that same story. Just mm. as an average person, you know, I don't, I don't do anything like spectacular, but just to hear another person's like general story can, yes, yeah, help. And can I ask? Because that's made me want to ask another question now. <laughs> How important has storytelling been for you, and being, and and reclaiming your story, and being able to share the narrative in the way that um that just reflects all of you and your bravery and your choices. Yep. Um, well, it took a while. Like I knew the reason why I got kicked out was because my parents were trying to salvage their marriage. So yeah. I knew that mum had wanted me to move out with her, pay rent with her kind of thing. And when I'd come out, I kind of ruined that for her. Yeah. Um, like I was her assistant to escape almost. Yeah. And it wasn't until two years ago my parents separated actually and dad was down in Geelong and he I asked him, I said, because I knew, but it was my truth. And I was like, I have this story, but until it's kind of validated, like it's just my perception of it, 
that's you know and I asked dad and we'll add um you know the Geelong retro store in mm-hmm. like <laughs> in yeah. Yeah, no. so we're actually there there's a little cafe there and um yeah we we're there and I said like why did you leave so one year after I came out my parents actually moved to Ely Beach so yeah. they packed up sold their house left yeah and I stayed and um I said why did you guys leave and he goes you really want to know and he looked around and I said yeah he goes I'll tell you when we're like not in public so we had a car chat good old car chats but car chats <laughs> car chat yeah just in the car Car huh? chat is my coming yeah. out story a yeah. car chat. <laughs> um and dad said you coming out gave me six more years of my marriage mm. he said like I knew that it wasn't healthy but I got six more years and I had six more years with your sister and he felt that at that time she was not old enough to have separated parents, which, again, every family is different. Um, and he thanked me almost. Like it was like me coming out was his, like he got a good outcome out of it. Mm. Um, so, Do you yeah. know why? Like what What about your coming out gave them another six years? Um, because mum had, like he said, your mum asked me to promise that to get them out of there. So before coming out, um, like mum was unwell, she had breast cancer, was sick. And so when I came out, whilst they're two separate things, was she just felt there was one thing after the other. There was just like constant issues in Melbourne and in this house. She just wanted out. And to get out, she needed my dad. So she made him promise, get me out of here. He said, give me 12 months and we'll leave. So it was like she had to go back to him to find support where originally she was wanting to leave, like they were wanting to separate. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of find like peace in that, you know, maybe I kept a family together in a way mm. for what it needed to be. I don't know. But you know, that kind of was like, yeah, it's weird. Did you have um so once you you moved out and, and couch surfed and things like that, how did the how did communication change? Did you stay did they stay in contact with you? Did things shift? Yeah. Um it was hard. So like for the first few months um mum like mum and I had no contact at all dad said she's ropeable do not come near her like when you come over and get your stuff I'll make sure she's not home um and that was only via email so dad would dad's an emailer he doesn't really he's not great with communication um and then we had like a, my sister's birthday or something and like it was girls only and I said well can I bring my partner and that blew up um then it was a cousin's birthday that I was invited to and that blew up was oh how dare you come and expose yourself and I'm thinking what a like what are two girls going to be doing that is so different to anyone else being present in a family mm-hmm. event? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of misinterpretation where I thought there was support when there wasn't. Yeah. Um, so it took a while and I ended up uh, moving into state and going away to America for 12 weeks. I did a summer camp. Um, and during my time away, actually, the um, because I was leaving, I think that kind of made my parents realize oh, maybe we should salvage the relationship before she leaves and, you know, goes into state, then goes overseas. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, because life's good now, <laughs> the relationship at the time uh, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I had to message my parents and say, can I come home? I need somewhere to be. Can I come home? And dad said, yes, like, you're always welcome here. Come back. We love you. Um, so it did take almost yeah, six months to things to kind of settle and maybe me being out of sight, out of mind kind of gave them space. Like sometimes yeah. when there's a problem, I'm not, I'm not a problem, but when there's mm. um, some conflict or an issue, 
if you're mm. constantly at it, you're not going to get a resolution until you walk away and come back and be like, hang on a minute, maybe it's not as bad as we thought. It's still Steph. It's still my kid. Um, so maybe some time, you know, separate time kind of gave mm. a vision. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I went back home. Being home wasn't, it was okay, but it was like when you leave, I don't know, when you leave home and go back to your parents' house, you're like, I know what freedom is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not the same. Um, and then they moved house, so I was forced to either go move with them or move out. So I chose to move out and stay in Melbourne while they left. Mm. Yeah. And um, have you had moments with your parents? Am I right in thinking your parents had different perceptions? Mum was really mad and Dad was? Yeah, I think um, I really don't know. Like I think Mum's idea will like mad was maybe betrayal. I think for both of them, like having girls over and not knowing that they were like partners and those kind of things was some mm. form of betrayal. So I'm not mad at them. Like it's a shit situation, but I can appreciate there was some disrespect there that I caused. Mm. Um, and I think the only punishment, they can't smack me, they can't yell at me, they can't ground me was leave. <laughs> There's nothing else I can do. I need you to leave. Yeah. Um, I think for dad was he, I don't know. I think just it's something that was out of their control, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Has have you been able to have chats with them about about what what happened for them? Like, have you been able to get any understanding from what was going on in their end? And if they did, if they were like, if they did have internalized homophobia, if they were really scared, if they were really mad, like what went on for them? I think it was. Um, it's hard to say. Like for my mum in particular, and she's like amazing now, like very supportive. And, you know, she will say, I'm trying to educate myself and, you know, you'd be so proud kind of thing is we had family members who were in same sex relationships and had children. Um, And so like, it wasn't a new concept, but I think for a lot of parents maybe is they don't think it's going to happen to them. Like that preconceived idea that they have for their children already. And then when it's not that, it's kind of like, well, what do I do with this? I had this idea, I had this plan for like my child and now it's different. Mm. So maybe it was a bit of that um, for her because it was, I said like, you've got a cousin that you're, you know, celebrating who's in a same sex relationship, has children, but then your own child, you're a bit like, hang on, it's my child. So yeah, I think it was everyone can support things that don't affect them. And then until it does, it's a whole different like ball game because it becomes real. Yeah. Like you actually have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think, um, and I mean, a lot of the time it doesn't justify some of the awful things that happen yeah. um, at the hands of family. Um, but I, I just know that a lot of people have a plan for their children, have a, have an idea. Um, yeah. And once it shifts, it's just, you know, for some people, um, earth shattering and how they how they respond to that though is a choice how they you know how they yeah there's so many different ways to respond education too like you know I can think back to my parents in terms of emotions and their upbringing um you know they're I'm a first gen Australian from them who grew up in a cultural background Mm. so you know the emotion and the upbringing is very different to what we have here in Australia Mm. um and then for them is also like um, what was I going to say? Oh, no, I forgot. No, that's okay. I, I, have, <laughs> I mean, apparently, what we're meant to do is just let it go, and it comes back far quicker than us trying <laughs> to think on it. I heard that the other day, yeah. <laughs> every day in my life. 
Um, I am, what I want to do is, and I don't know if you experience this, it can be really easy to describe the experience of others in our coming out story. Um, and like you said at very early on, no, but it's not actually not about you. I'm not yeah. actually worried about how much time it'll take you to be okay. Yeah. I want to be okay and yeah. I want to be loved and accepted. Can I ask you how it, how all of that felt for you? Yeah, it's fun. That, you actually made me remember what I was going to say. What, you <laughs> so, what a relief. Really was, um, <laughs> when, like, you know, when someone comes out or, you know, in whatever way and, you know, I, whatever, um, identity is Mm -hmm. we've taken time to realize that of ourselves and then Mm -hmm. when we come out we're expecting instant validation Mm -hmm. when that person might not have even considered it so whilst it's shit behavior is I'm also mindful that if my parents didn't have an idea and I've just completely blown them out of the water I need to respect that they need some processing time because it's just kind of you know it's not fair Um, but again it doesn't excuse behavior you can say well, that's really new to me. I'm going to walk away before I make a comment. Yeah. But again, that's all education and experience. Yeah. And we, can, I'm not going to hold them accountable to that. Um, for me, it was it was shit. Like mm-hmm. you know, being asked to leave home, and then it was actually all about again. Uh, I don't think my mom will listen to this, but bless her cotton socks. Um, is was about my mom and her mental health, and it was a lot about mom's not going to work, mom's unwell, and I offered to go to counselling with her. I said, "We, you know, you and I can go and we can sort it out because we we're really close." Um, but yeah, I had to. At the end of the day, like I need to look after me. I said I had a job, and I had at the time I was in local government. Um, you know, that was a quality job for me at that age, a career path, solid friends. Like I had stuff again for me personally, stuff that I wanted to keep going and not let this define me Mm. that, you know, my job, I didn't have capacity to take sick leave, you know, working part-time and casually. Like I just had to, if I'm going to live out of home, I need money. How am I going to do that? Um, And I want to, you know, acknowledge the services that are available now and youth groups and stuff is I didn't know anything about like my local youth services, my local LGBTI groups, nor were they probably in existence, Mm. but the opportunities that young people have now like I didn't know like about Centrelink much <laughs> like then as well, you know, what were the options? Not yeah. even knowing that couch surfing was homelessness, you know. Mm. Um, so I look back and I say, well, I did pretty well not having those resources and I just had to keep going. Like who else was going to pick me up beside myself? Yeah. Mm. I think what you've said is such a, a good point. And what I also know about you, Steph, is that you have contributed over time to so many things like that to I guess, what would you call it? Like quality improvement and equality services and empowering others. And I think that's such an important element of this conversation actually, is that you have allowed yourself to, um, to use your experience, but not only that you've got like a, from what I perceive is that you've got a passion for promoting. Yeah. Just want to win. I just want it to be um, like wherever I am is I'm out not to be like the token gay person, but if you can't ask a question, I hope you can ask me to, you know, you know, no dumb question with me. So if I'm out in a respectful way, then hopefully someone can say, hey, like, didn't know how to use this term or what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a safe person that they feel that they can have a chat with. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm happy to do that. And when I said, yeah, I spoke with like some youth groups was a lot of the time, a lot of groups and other people think like guest speakers, people with like activism, writing books and, you know, great news stories while they're great as well is just an average story for an average person it's okay to be doing what you're doing 
Totally. It's okay just, you know, surf, you know, surface level. Um, okay to just get by. You know, yeah. that's okay too. You don't have to, you know, write a book or <laughs> no, exactly. tell the world. It's just, yeah, your story is your story. And I tell that story just to be like, I'm just an average person. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I didn't know you. Like, I believe got kicked out. Oh, my God, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. Like, it's just part of my journey. Like, mm. you know, I'm not telling you to feel sorry for me, like all that stuff. I'm just telling to create awareness that you never know who you're, you're dealing with and what mm. pathway they've had. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is really good to know because I still, I mean, I came out later and maybe I just missed it or had my head in the sand, but I'm still not too aware of a lot of youth groups out there. Um, but so there's the support services for people who are unsure, the support services, say like Melbourne base where we're recording yeah. at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So most councils, if you're a young person, which is 12 to 25, um, most councils would have a youth services team with a youth LGBTI group. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are some other services that might have like your ad hoc community based youth groups that aren't council run. Yeah. Which isn't that um it's a really like we've come so far. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I just saw things change so um quickly um following like I mean there's so many things that have contributed but following the plebiscite and following mm. like us actually being allowed to to get married and, yep. and things like that um really shifted it the same yeah can I ask how you feel that experience has impacted you in the long run like how, how you feel like who you feel it's made you today yeah um Look, when you asked about like asking how my parents felt in those moments, like I haven't had those conversations um, for my mom, particularly, I think would be quite triggering. And I think, do I need to go back to that point or mm. have we very successfully like moved on? And um, like my mom and dad are very accepting of who I am now and the relationship that I'm in um, and that family dynamic and the pathway I'm taking. So like you can go back, but who is it for? You know, do I really need a go back there or can I just accept it and know in myself that I've dealt with it and then move on like if I go back there then I might unhash things that I do I what benefit am I going to get from (laughs) from going back there you know and if you feel there would be benefit you can do that but for me I don't I think it's I'm in such a good place um yeah I know it's cliche but everything happens for a reason but I learned a lot um, maybe I was meant to leave home at that age and <laughs> maybe I would have been a homebody for a much longer time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm very grateful for, yeah, what's happened. Mm. Do you feel that you're, um, that being gay has like opened up a whole other world, like is a, a whole other part of you that you really enjoy now and really like? love being gay like it's yeah sometimes it's it's hard like you know I have a rainbow lanyard and you don't know where to wear it sometimes um interactions comments made um but where I feel safe to do so I'll you know be the best version of myself um go to pride events if I can um but yeah I just try I'm just still me regardless of my identity mm. uh, but where it needs to be I'll let people know <laughs> but if it can make a difference I'll yeah I'm coming out all the time yeah yeah I, I understand that yeah I resonate with that I part. like using the word partner and then people are like oh yeah. partner mm. partner partner yeah it's he I was like what 
<laughs> she yeah partners yeah. like partners a telltale sign now isn't yeah. it but it, it creates awareness like I do yeah. it on purpose not well also saying like girlfriend or boyfriend is like I don't know I'm at an age maybe I don't use those terms I'm getting yeah. old yeah <laughs> but partner just creates awareness not to assume yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and then people are so apologetic, and I'm like, no, it's not about me making you feel bad. It's you know, just know that you shouldn't assume. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I can resonate with that. That it's um, and it's interesting when we can make the experience about us because we're all sensitive humans, and we don't want to. Um, yep. or most of us don't want to hurt or offend people. <laughs> But, you know, you can almost expect that someone's going to be like, ah, oh, fuck, and you can see it running through their <laughs> head. I shouldn't have assumed. And I'll always just say it just before you um, before you feel um, lots of heaviness around this, please know I know that we've all grown up, yeah. you know, in straight culture and, and yeah. assuming. So these changes are big. It's okay. Yeah. We're all okay. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good because then if I can create that positive engagement and pulling someone up, then they might think twice about the next person who uses that word partner or yeah. other term and be like, hang on a minute. I remember that time with Steph and that was a bit embarrassing. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. try to be open again. Yeah. yeah. So it's just about positive education. Mm. What is, what's something that you wish you knew? back into is it what did you say 29th of December 2014 yeah Yeah. um I think that would be okay like it'll be okay yeah that life will still work out like um yeah still end up with a partner you know can still be married can still have children like it's not the end of the world it's just different yes yeah Yeah. I love that that's a really beautiful one what do you wish if someone was new to exploring it now, what what do you what would you like them to know? Um, someone new exploring it now. I think just don't be hard on yourself for the feelings that you feel. Like it's you can feel anything and it can change. Yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of people get stuck. Like I'm, I've pretty much stayed as identifying as lesbian I haven't had any um other experiences that have changed my mind Um, but I know for some it has and it can happen at different ages like Mm. you know anyone you don't know what can happen Mm. um so yeah it's okay to feel one thing today and something else tomorrow (laughs) it's it's nothing wrong yeah yeah that's such a good point there's definitely like the reverse like once you've been put in one box yeah you know and everyone's gone through that they There can be an expectation that you stay there, but like you said, yeah. yeah. You see it all and hear it all the time. People like married for years and years and years, children, and then all of a sudden like they're gay. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Nodded back and, you know, it's, yeah, it's a way, it's a flow, it's a spectrum. It's, yeah, it's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. You don't even need to label it. Yeah, no, exactly right. And that I think that's a really important part as well. It's never feeling like you you never owe anyone a coming out. You never owe anyone a label. <laughs> yeah. Um and we might get to the point one day where we're not coming out yeah. and it's what it is, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> what so how I want to finish um my chats with everyone. Actually, before I finish, 
Is there anything else about your story that you'd like to say? Because I, I mean, these were going to be really like short, sharp episodes. I don't know if it's going to work out like that because <laughs> I've got so much I want to ask you. Yeah, um, not too. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. there anything else that you think is really important to for someone to know about your story or for someone to remember as they navigate um, like they're coming out? I think it's okay to feel like there was a lot of times that I felt alone and didn't have the friends that I used to have. So I'd gone from um, having a lot of hetero friends, um, going hetero clubbing. um, And then when I identified, like I found the whole shift in friendship groups and a lot of the friends that I did have and were really close with, I don't talk to. Like I probably, I talked to one person from my childhood Mm. now and I've known them since I was 11. Mm. Um, One of my best friends. Everyone else is from like work or soccer. Um, and I'm, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I had the, that group of friends from high school. Um, you know, you always think like someone that knew me from back then and could see how far I've come. Yeah. Yeah. So like that part sometimes I'm like, oh, but, you know, the people in the community is they they get you. Mm. And yeah, you find, you'll find your people. Yes. Yeah. I- you might be alone for a bit, but you'll find it. Yeah. Have you had experiences where I I find a lot of new people who, because I I love it. I get little messages and they're like, oh, I'm feeling this thing. I'm really scared. Where where could I even start? Did you find um places that felt safe and and people that you felt safe to be yourself around? Yeah. So at the time was like the group of soccer friends that I hung out with. Um, and that was just coincidence that they identified like it's not something. (laughs) I always say, can we all just walk around like the Sims and have little like triangles oh, head and wow, like, that all the time <laughs> have we had that conversation I think so like make life easier or like just a little like ring or key ring but it's not not too like out like out there but just subtle that like we yeah. Yeah. um but I think yeah if uh, it's hard to say like clubbing's not for everyone you know there are a few events like um oh, mother's different now but you've got Sunday licious and um it's it's hard to just mm. find community because you know, you can be queer and not be so outgoing that you need a club, but then there's also no, like, downtime chill places. Totally, um, yeah. I guess apps are a safe, hopefully safe way if you use them correctly as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, those groups that aren't necessarily clubbing groups, but they might be, like, little social groups and yeah. advocacy groups that yeah. uh, that are out there as well. And yeah. so many books, right? Like, there's yeah. so many books, so many movies, um so many singers actresses who we're going to talk about (laughs) wow yeah um yeah and you you're just never alone it can really feel like that and we can be surrounded by people and still feel alone but if it's in the if it's in a like a queer loneliness there is always someone yeah I remember um at work after a breakup I was checking in with like my friends and said what do you do after work like do you go home, cook dinner, watch TV and like that's it and you do the same thing the next day? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's like normal to just like go home and not have to be like going out or, you know, having an activity or doing something and being busy. Yes. I think a lot of us, um, you know, if it's a breakup or just a crappy time or we see on social media, everyone's at the beach or everyone's doing these things, everyone's exercising, like I need to be doing more. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned, yeah, real quick and I'm grateful for it like, it's okay to just chill. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's okay to chill. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. My last question, yeah. which I'm going to ask everyone is, 
Um, can you tell us a little bit about your queer awakenings, like different people that you saw that you were like, oh, <laughs> okay, something's going on here? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, Lara Croft Tomb Raider was it in a bit from the get-go <laughs> and maybe that's why everyone else knew but me because I just thought cool action, like female lead, Angelina Jolie, and then every other movie she was in, she was just like badass. Amazing. Um, and I, yeah, mentioned like first email, I always remember, first email address was Tomb Raider with two O's at Yahoo. Um, Dad helped me set that up. And little did he know. Yeah, just yeah, little did he know, just the adventures. Um yeah, I just, like, wanted to be a badass woman and maybe just her, like, the fact that she yeah. was just a diverse character. Yeah. Um, I think that was, like, the main one. I really like that, actually, the element of that she was, like, such a legend that you also wanted to be that, like, powerful. Yeah. She was, like, femme but then action-y and still had, like, yeah, she's just beautiful. <laughs> just a bit yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. You know that saying, like, do you want to be her or be on her? Yeah. <laughs> That's what's coming to mind yes. right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of movies that she was in was like that action, but then still like gorgeous. And so like that balance of um, femme but masculine. Mm. Um, I think strong. Mm. Just a strong woman. And that was, that's the attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You'll so love it today. There's so many things that I, just love talking about in terms of this. But the main thing I want to say is no matter how long or short these conversations are, they still take vulnerability and bravery. Um, and I, as you started talking, I said, I was thinking I should have said to her, I just hope you know like how how grateful I am and how appreciative I am of this vulnerability because you and I talk about these things quite a lot. Yeah. And so it can be easy to think that it's just, you know, just another conversation, <laughs> you know, um, but it, it does take bravery and it does, um, it does require you to go back ex- to experiences that were painful. So thank you so much for, for coming on today, Steph. And I, mm-hmm. I already know that there's going to be people who, who need to know this and who will resonate with it. So I'm really, really grateful. Thank you. And thank you for creating a safe space and open space to have these conversations. Cause yeah, I know that you'll get an influx of communication saying like, thank you. Um, yeah. Thanks, Steph. That's all right. Thank you. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. You. Yeah. <laughs> Finish work in five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at the time then I was like, enjoy the rest of your work. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you.